In this episode, I talk to Money Supermarkets' Neil Cross. Is direct-to-consumer the key to protection insurance market growth? Welcome to episode 97 of the Marketing, Protection and Finance podcast. Welcome. You're listening to the podcast for financial services professionals looking to share business ideas and inspiration in the world of marketing, protection and finance. So let's get on with the show. And here's your host, Roger Edwards. Welcome to the Empath Podcast. As always, I'm Roger Edwards, a marketing guy from Edinburgh, talking to a wide range of guests about marketing topics and issues and stories from the world of protection and finance. Thank you for downloading or streaming the show. I really appreciate your support. This week, we have a protection insurance focus, and I'm talking to Neil Cross, who works for Money Supermarket. Neil is in charge of their protection digital insurance comparison services. His overall aim is to give his customers the best online experience across all device types. In this interview, we talk about how customers are after content explaining their protection options, how indicative quotes are important and how people want an instant idea of how much protection will cost, how digital technology allows us to engage with customers better. And if we have to underwrite, we need to make evidence collection easy and convenient. We'll talk about the Protection Distributors Group and how it's going to champion the customer experience. And we'll discover which providers and distributors are at the forefront of product and service innovation. So let's get right into that interview with Neil Cross here on the Marketing, Protection and Finance Podcast. Neil Cross, welcome to the Empath Podcast. Hi, good afternoon, Roger. And where are we Skyping each other from today? I'm in Edinburgh, of course. Uh, I'm in, uh, well, our head office is, is in Ulow, uh, which is in North Wales. Not many of your listeners will know where Ulow is. Uh, not far from Chester. Uh, we've been here for pretty much uh, since kind of money supermarket really started growing. So, uh, yeah, we've got, uh, it's lovely up here. Great. And of course, money supermarket is something we're going to talk quite a lot about today, but also mm-hmm. protection. The problems or the uh, difficulties faced by protection in the advice sector and why perhaps the direct-to-consumer sector and might provide a bit of a panacea for the lack of growth in the protection market. But before we get to that, Neil, tell everyone listening to the podcast a little bit about yourself, where you come from, where you're going, what your ambitions are, and basically what makes Neil Cross tick. I've been with Money Supermarket uh, for getting on, well, started about 10 years ago. Uh, I had a little brief uh, little brief stint in the business-to-business finance, which which wasn't for me. Uh, but they kind of took me back. Um, it was all life insurance. So I started on the uh, as an advisor. Uh, we had a telephony brokerage. We had, I think at the peak, probably had about 30 advisors, something like that. Um, and over the years, I've gone on to uh, manage our kind of advice team and, and subsequently non-advice team. And since around 2010, uh, we've had a deep director to customer comparison service, enabling them to obviously compare products and prices, uh, which we launched about two years ago uh, with a new improved, uh, new improved experience, and it's just grown phenomenally. You know, from from uh, from the days, as I say, when we handled kind of telephone leads and telephone calls to now customers doing it themselves. For the last 12 months, been in a commercial role, um, so working with providers, helping them understand what our customers like, uh, what they don't like. Um, and helping drive channel uh, our kind of online comparison channel and bringing our providers on that journey with us. 
um, the biggest, I guess, the biggest challenge we're facing at the moment is, um, you know, I guess it's, it's D2C has grown. I'm sure a lot of listeners would have seen the, the numbers, but it can grow more. And, and with my experience and background, I've sold the products. I talked to customers about it. I get it. Um, so I want to, I often joke getting my brain online <laughs> yeah, would be a real, uh, real insight. So, And how's the protection business that's flowing through Money Supermarket going? I mean, the reason I ask for that is that obviously we know that protection insurance, life insurance, critical illness, income protection doesn't exactly fly off the shelves anywhere. But obviously general insurance has, has been, was a revolution 20 odd years ago when it went onto the telephone and then another revolution when it went online. I don't think we could really say that that revolutions applied yeah. to protection as well what, what what are you experiencing protection wise through money supermarket through that channel at the moment yeah so when we first launched our kind of proper comparison which is in 2010 a few providers did tell us that they effectively stuck their broker journey in front of a customer and you know they didn't want to invest too much because they weren't sure if it would it would work um, and lo and behold, it did. We actually launched without an online journey. It was all uh, telephone based. Uh, and very quickly, new providers came on. Now we stand at uh, seven providers online with a couple who still still can only accept business offline. And the growth has just been phenomenal from what Money Supermarket's very good at is is obviously marketing and, and, and talking to customers. And what we've seen in the last kind of two years has just been uh, phenomenal growth. I, I, but it, it definitely has... Uh, done crazy things in kind of you know close to doubling and, and things in the last kind of five years so but I know there's a lot more uh, and that's what I want to to work with um, my colleagues and obviously our providers and partners to to make that happen. Do you think that the consumer is more aware of the need for protection these days or is it just that the fact that the internet is so embedded into everything that we do and that most people will go to the internet and type in something into Google if they want anything from a car to a pair of shoes to life insurance that yeah. it's easier for them to find things like Money Supermarket and, and other comparison sites? Yeah, so absolutely, we see that in our kind of traffic. Uh, we, we get, um, you know, the, the, the first thing customers generally do today is, is if they're looking to buy anything, uh, is they're going to type it in on their phone, on Google or Siri or whatever they, uh, they prefer to use. Um, and generally speaking, for a lot of insurance products and money products, money supermarket appears near the top. Mm-hmm. Now that could be, uh, it could be our kind of guides that we have around what's decreasing term, level term, what's critical illness, what's this. We do get a lot of customers coming in, uh, searching for products and kind of looking, I guess I guess where we, we uh, are looking to, to help customers more is we're great at when, when they know what they're looking for and they know how much cover they want. It's that kind of next next bit of support and help. Um, so we have internal call centers uh, who, who manage kind of telephony applications, but we also have a working relationship with LifeSearch mm-hmm. uh, who provide all our kind of advice stuff. So I think it's, a, going back to your question, I think it's a mixture of both. We, we were certainly um, engaging customers who probably uh, never bought or, or considered protection before mm-hmm. and we are probably engaging those customers who've had it introduced elsewhere and maybe looking to, to save a bit of money on it or um, you know maybe a particular provider or brand that they like but again I come back to it I think we could do so much more so uh, that's uh, that's where um, I think the huge opportunity is. Let's explore that a little bit more Neil because you're obviously very passionate that the protection market has to change if we want to as product providers and financial advisors or people who deal direct to consumer if we want to engage the mass market we really do have to change things don't we and i think you've you've written quite a few articles on this and you've you've spoken on this so maybe give give me a little bit of a flavor for the sort of things that you're talking about here yeah 
Um, well, absolutely. When um, if I go right back to when I was on the phone, um, mm-hmm. I would uh, speak to customers, and this is you know back when uh, people remember paper apps. Yeah, uh, that was probably one of my first ones, and you know it, it just wasn't set up to firstly accept the application, mm-hmm. and then once it once a customer did apply, they went into an offline process. Yeah, uh, in a lot of circumstances. Now, what we've seen uh, in the last certainly the last five five six years or so is is providers have really really improved their um, kind of digital connectivity. Mm-hmm. So not only can they accept the application online, uh, they can give a decision online, they mm-hmm. can underwrite it online, and that is that is great. Mm-hmm. Where where it's I guess the next opportunity is is that if you compare it with general insurance, is that you come to Money Supermarket, you answer a bunch of questions about your car, your drive, the um, the the kind of your driving experience, have you had any crashes, all these kind of things. And you get a list of insurers. Uh, some will charge you £200 because you're low risk to them and some will charge you £2,000 because you're just not in their risk profile. Mm-hmm. But today, for life insurance, we are still, um, I guess, giving indicative quotes, as I call them. Yes. And that is something which I know is not as easy as general insurance because there's lots of different caveats to it in that with general insurance, a lot of the questions are, you know, have you had an accident in the last five years? Yes, I did. Okay, when was it? Whereas with uh, life or, or other kind of health-related insurance, it'll be more like, um, have you had any illnesses in the last five years? Yes. What illness was it? This one. When did you last have it? When did you last have symptoms? What medication you take? So potentially, if customers are really unwell, uh, they'd have to answer God knows how many questions. Um, and it's trying to get that in that kind of question set, I guess, in money supermarket. Uh, which enables us then to give a fairer comparison of providers and products and not having to click through, uh, you know, seven or eight insurers and applying seven or eight times. We do seem to put a lot of barriers up, don't we? I mean, as an industry, we know that people aren't exactly jumping out of bed in the morning saying, right, today's life insurance day or life's critical illness cover day. Mm. And yet we invite them to come to our websites to get a quote. And they may well think, actually, I've looked at that list of um, providers in Money Supermarket, and those premiums look quite cheap. And then they spend, I don't know, half an hour, an hour, filling in all of those questions that you've just talked through, probably multiplied by several mm. times if they've got different conditions. <laughs> I don't think they do. And, <laughs> and, they give and, up after the first. Uh, exactly. Some of them will give up at that point. Some of them will give up after a, another set of questions. Those that don't give up will get to the end of the questions and then be told they can't be given a quote there and then because they they need to um, be underwritten further, maybe go for a medical or something like that. And even then the premium that they end up get paying may be a lot more than yeah. that cheap rate that they saw in the comparison service right at the start. So we're giving them all sorts of excuses to stop dealing with us. And has is, is that really just got to change? Have we got to move to the general insurance model where the indicative quote is what they get right up front? Yeah, I, th- I think there's kind of two parts to it. So there's obviously giving more more accurate kind of prices up front, particularly for those who, you know, who we can accept. So, um, you know, the providers on our panel, uh, they do range in their straight through processing rates. But generally speaking, uh, you're looking at anywhere between kind of 60 to 80 percent is mm-hmm. what providers will get through. So for most people, it's actually a good news story that, you know, your 20 quid you saw in money supermarket, it's going to be 20 quid at the end. Mm-hmm. But there, there's those customers, you say, you get that price shock at the end. And and when I was on the phone, the first thing I'd say to people was find out obviously what their needs are, do, give them a quote and things and assess their kind of health quickly and say to them, OK, well, 
the price uh, this provider A will quote you is £20, but I know that it will increase to 30 based on X, Y, Z, you know, whatever those health uh, things are. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's having that ability to do that in an online digital world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, there are uh, solutions out there um, that, that, that are looking to do that. My vision, my ultimate vision is to everybody to be able to get life insurance without the need for any of the, the back-end stuff, which is uh, ambitious um, because there's always going to be high-risk customers. But, you know, you think about you can you can buy pretty much most things online now, from a TV to a, to a car to a holiday. And, you know, if you do really have specialist requirements, like you want to go, uh, I'm going on my honeymoon and Mm-hmm. Uh, in a few weeks if i wanted a bespoke honeymoon i would go to a travel agent and they would build that for me and they're professionals and they're experts whereas I, if i want a week away in the summer i just want to go to a comparison site and do it mm-hmm. so you can apply that same logic to protection in that you you know if, if i wanted to just i want to get some life insurance i want to protect my family I'm not really too interested in bells and whistles i kind of have a feel of what i need and want i need a little bit of help comparison site could probably do that if I've got pensions, investments, if I've got <laughs> an estate that's uh, really complicated and I've got three divorces and kids and things, then yeah, th- th- at that point, then you, you maybe need to speak to some kind of specialist. Yeah, I, th- I think there's a huge opportunity for us um, in, in, in the digital world to, to help, I guess, the general customer. And that's, uh, that's what we want to continue doing. And of course, one of the things that uh, a money supermarket type comparison service creates is this uh, obviously hierarchy of prices with the cheapest mm. at the top and, and, yeah. and ever increasing prices going below. And that does across all sorts of industries, not just insurance create the, mm. the view in the consumer's mind that cheapest is best. Now we know that with protection, as you've said, only about 60% of the people who actually go on to apply will get that nice cheap rate that they saw in yeah. the comparison service. Do you think we would ever see a product which actually says, okay, customers don't want to fill in 30 odd pages of questions. They just want to get on risk really quickly and have something really fast. Now, yeah. you could do away with half of the questions we ask on the application form, but of course the downside is that the initial price would would go up. Now, you could argue, well, is that going to suck people in enough to get them interested? But at the moment, we're disappointing 40% of the people who apply anyway. So do you think we would ever get to a stage where there's one or two questions, but the premium is going to be, and I've no <laughs> idea what it might be, 25% yeah. higher? <clears throat> Um, well, yeah, there is uh, there is an insurer out there uh, in the DT space who, who kind of does that. Um, it's interesting, you know, that they, they do literally ask a, two questions, and that then enables them to, uh, if you uh, qualify, I guess you, you would uh, you would be able to buy cover almost immediately. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we're starting to see that kind of thing happen. I guess the the challenges for us is that you know when we're exploring um, you know how we can best provide this better comparison services, we don't want to put prices up because you know it's 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 all already oh it's not expensive but it's already a, a cost to people mm-hmm. uh, although i appreciate having you know engaged with reinsurers and insurers that something has to get but i think you could almost I, I guess almost in a way if we could demonstrate that actually if we could take instead of having 100 buyers we had a thousand buyers just as a scalable example yes could you then say well actually we can still afford to charge the same price because we're getting more business in mm-hmm. um and i think if you can do that i think that's um and what about the actual upfront underwriting? Things like um, underwrite me. Is that going to help? Yeah, I think so. We, um, you know, we are obviously as a, as a business, we keep an eye on up to everything that's going on. And, and I think there are uh, two, three solutions out there. Another one uh, we currently work with, um, Synaptic uh, Webline. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so the three kind of solutions do exist out there and there's probably others as well. Um, and what I've seen having followed this for, for a number of years is that, you know, they're all, everyone was waiting for each other to make their move. So distributors are waiting for insurers to make their move and insurers are waiting for uh, distributors to make their move. And, yeah. and nothing kind of really happened. But then in the last kind of 12 months or so, we've seen providers um, and insurance providers and distributors, to be fair, kind of put their, their flag in the sand mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it. And, and kind of back in solutions. So I think it is inevitable that that is going to happen, um, be that in, you know, in broker world, advi- advisor world, or even uh, comparison sites. Um, and I just hope that, you know, whatever solution it is that, uh, that the industry backs really, really works because it is, in my experience of speaking to customers and, uh, you know, speaking to even providers, I think, I think everyone believes that it's the right thing for customers. Mm. I think it's very important that companies do this for the customer. Yeah. Um, I often hear it said too many times within life insurance companies, the immediate thing, oh, we're introducing this way of doing it because it improves the bottom line, because it makes our margins better. Now, I've got no problem at all with companies improving their margins and making profit, but I think in this industry, we've done it far too many times in the past at the expense of customer service and at the expense of the customer's experience. And yeah. I think some of the things that you're talking about here genuinely will improve the customer experience of these sorts of products, and that can only be a good thing. You also yeah. um, looked at some other things like quicker medical turnaround. Again, that is another issue that people have with protection policies. You know, If they get to the stage where they have to go for a medical, they have to go for some sort of um, extra evidence, it mm. can take so long. What, yeah. what, what have you seen people doing to improve that side of things? Um, well, just on that um, on that that medical piece, but what's very interesting again from our uh, customer insight and, and research is that again, huge amounts of customers think that they have to have a medical. Yeah, and you see it on these over, a lot of over fifties do it. You know, when you go life insurance, no medical guaranteed acceptance, mm-hmm. um, and you know, so many people think they have to do these things. And reality is, very few do. But those that do, we have seen some innovations where uh, Vitality have introduced some uh, like kind of fingerprint blood tests, which uh, they get near instant results. Um, you know, none of this waiting for results to be essentially posted uh, and also LV committed to using smartphone technology so they can exchange digital ev- me- medical evidence uh, and scans on the fly uh, and it's great to see these kind of things happening and I guess the, the, the kind of question is you know insurers can't do everything at once of course um, but it, it'd be love to see you know other, other providers start following suit in these kind of things. And we've talked quite a lot about the front end you know getting people on risk getting people through the underwriting process but what about the other end of the um, spectrum when people actually have to make a claim are we seeing anything happening to improve the experience at that point? Obviously, you're talking about a fairly emotional time. Somebody might have died, somebody might have had a critical illness or become sick. So it is a yeah. difficult time for everybody, of course. Yeah. So uh, it's really important that the um, the claims experience that they get, you know, they're going to be going through a very difficult time. It's emotional. They've likely lost a, you know, a loved one. And what we've seen is a company, Beagle Street, who is really interesting with their, their kind of claims process in that they actually reverse it. And what they do is they search the death register to find customers who who may have died right. uh, and not claimed because you know if, if uh, you know if i bought a life insurance policy or, or anybody listening has bought a life insurance policy we all know that you you know if we're in the industry we, we know to, to review and check it but a lot of customers will stick it in a drawer it'll probably get thrown out when they do their um uh, when they do their kind of clear out of the drawers how many policies out there are left unclaimed 
you know, it's 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 probably frightening uh, to think how many uh, you know people maybe have life insurance that's never paid out, not through the insurers not wanting to or anything mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. It's just that, that they didn't know a claim had been made. So I think it's great that that, that Beagle Street are doing that. And again, I'd, I'd, I'd encourage others to, to to follow suit with that kind of thing. I think it's quite interesting because most of the people I've spoken to on the podcast about protection have really been coming at it from the financial advice point of view. And of course, there are quite a lot of really complicated products out there in the mm. advice space. Um, I mean, just this week, Zurich Insurance have um, launched an upgrade to their critical illness policy. And I was reading the um, article about it in Cover Magazine. They now cover something like 88 conditions, X number of which are ABI plus. There are also different stage payments for all sorts of um, non-invasive cancers and again I'm thinking it's not you know this is a huge job even for an advisor to be able to sit down with his customer and take them through all of this small yeah. print within the direct-to-consumer space I, I just can't see that product ever working I, mean, I, I, I doubt it actually really works in the advice space to be perfectly <laughs> honest um, yeah yeah, we have a great relationship with uh, with Zorik, and uh-huh. uh, you know they they shared the um, the improvements with the the critical illness that they have, and mm-hmm. they are brilliant, you know, improvements for for, for customers. Um, I guess in the, in the direct customer space, it's great to have all those different um, features and benefits and things covered. But we all know that that ultimately, the, the, what ninety percent of claims are going to come from the kind of four or five core conditions. Mm. And if you you know if you were to say to somebody as you know um, if he was if I was on the phone speaking to a customer, I wouldn't read out all 88 uh, or 150 or 30 conditions or however many providers uh, providers got uh, I would tell them that you're going to be covered in the event of a serious cancer uh, you know heart attack stroke these kind of things that they're most likely to claim on mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I think if you start talking like that and saying to people instead of saying um, you know would you like critical illness cover you could ask them, would you like to be protected in the event of a survivable serious illness? Mm-hmm. And if you flip it around um, and then ask it, you know, what is it you want the cover to do? I think you can introduce things like introduce critical illness cover and, and have all those different um, benefits and conditions covered. Uh, and who would you say stands out in the direct consumer space? You've already mentioned Zurich and what they're doing in the advice space. Who, who is who is at the top of the game in the direct consumer space? Would you say, Neil? We've seen particularly, and this is a, a provider who's, who's not currently on our panel, uh, is, is Sun Life, mm-hmm. and and what they've um, what they've been doing, uh, notably on Facebook. Uh, is really really engaging uh, right. digital marketing content. Uh, they've got really good adverts and videos. Uh, they're all on YouTube and Twitter. Yeah. Um, and and what they're doing is that the, because they're worth it. Video was was fantastic, and I think it is. I'm just clicking now to see where it's up to, which is just phenomenal to mm-hmm. see. You know, customers seeing that on Facebook. And I guess with uh, in the kind of marketing approach that they have, they don't just say life insurance is £10 or whatever, they're just doing really smart things, talking about the 80s and uh, you know, growing up as kids uh, and, and, and just brand uh, awareness supplemented with the specific protection stuff. So I think what they're doing uh, is really, really, really interesting. I mean, that's good um, That's good content marketing as well. And, it, and it's, oh, yeah. it's tapping into pop culture, it's tapping into people's memories and it's telling stories and, and that always works, doesn't it? We've talked quite a lot about providers, Neil, and direct-to-consumer providers and, and, and providers through the advice channel, but are you seeing any innovations in process or in, in customer engagement in the distributor space? 
Uh, absolutely, yes. We have, um, and I would class distributors as, as aggregators or comparison sites. Uh, you've got your traditional IFA uh, broker, be that telephony or face-to-face. Mm. And then you have, you know, pure direct customer in a sense that going direct to an insurer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Drewsbury Insurance, um, who I'm sure a lot of listeners will be wearing independent brokerage, uh, launched a risk-o-meter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a really nice digital tool to show customers what the financial impact would be uh, if they were suddenly to lose their income. So it's more around income protection, but and it and it's it's brilliant. It, mm-hmm. It's fantastic to see this kind of thing now that customers can go and, and play around with. Life Search, of course, I've mentioned we have a, a very good relationship with Life Search, and they continue to work closely with their partners and comparison sites. And Tom Bagery famously uh, said, you know, in, in the press, you know, they're now able to provide partners with a complete customer journey, online and offline, with or without advice. Mm-hmm. And they, they, you know, they're giving that service throughout uh, the process customers go through. Yeah. And I guess the final one is very recently the Protection Distributors Group has been set up. Uh, lots of leading intermediaries on there who are engaging with the key focus really is positive suggestions for change uh, which hopefully a lot of what we discussed will be uh, will be within that group uh, and kind of creating a unified force which helps them represent the interest of customers and that's the important thing you know we uh, one thing i probably should have said at the start we uh, at money supermarket we have a um, a vision to, we are uh, we say we help every household make the most of their money mm-hmm. um, and we do we, we allow people to come and compare life insurance, car insurance, home insurance, wedding insurance, <laughs> and outside of insurance is money, energy, and all sorts. And I guess when you take that right back to protection, while we might not be able to save people money in a sense that if you bought a policy five years ago and you come to money supermarket, it wouldn't necessarily be cheap because you're five years older. Mm. But what we can do in protection insurance is save families when they need that money most. Um, you know, if they were to lose income or through to an illness or an injury, or if they were to, to become seriously ill, or obviously the worst case scenario is uh, is a loss of a loved one. So yeah, money supermarket, we're doing uh, lots of exciting things. I think we've demonstrated certainly in the last two years, uh, you know, our kind of commitment with the launch and the new journey, uh, growing the um, uh, direct to customer market. We've, we've seen the Swiss re. Uh, figures that have come out recently and we feel we are certainly a huge part of that growth as are other comparison sites i'm sure um <clears throat> and i want to continue to to grow that and we want to grow the market um you know we get a lot of people who come to our site looking for life insurance and a lot of people who come to our site looking at other products and that's a huge opportunity to tell them you know life insurance isn't as difficult as it should be and it's not as expensive as you think Neil, it's been fascinating to talk to you today. I, as I said before, I haven't really had a direct-to-consumer protection person on the podcast before, so it's been quite a refreshing change to to hear that different perspective. So thanks very much for all your insights. And before we go, so Neil, what's the one thing that you would change about the financial services industry if someone gave you a magic wand to wave? I, I've heard your podcast a lot, and, I, and, and I've often thought about what I'd say to this. And I think one which I think is quite an easy one is uh, the infamous key facts document. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially if we're talking directly to customers, um, key facts documents are 80, 100, 200 pages, mm-hmm. depends. They might put all their products in one. Um, and Friends Provident, um, who obviously uh, now amalgamated in Friends Life and things, but when I used to be an advisor, their key facts document I could print on one piece of paper. Mm-hmm. It was front and back. 
It told me the key facts. So I would encourage financial service industry, the FCA providers, to start telling customers the key facts in a key facts document. What's the one business model, or it could be a product, or it could be a marketing campaign that's caught your attention in the last year? Tell us what it was and what you liked about it. Yes, yeah, so I'll use a money supermarket example, uh, but it's not a life insurance one, and it's uh, in energy. Mm-hmm. So in energy, is uh, it's always in the media. There's a lot of talk about it. Bills and prices are always going up. And as part of our group, um, we have money saving expert. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners will be familiar with, with Martin Lewis. And what they've done in, in kind of with collective switching is fantastic. Um, essentially say to the energy providers, look, we have this huge pool of customers here are looking to, to switch their energy. They're really engaged. Give us a great deal. And then what that does then is it makes means... You get those evangelists who are really into money saving, uh, which money saving expert is brilliant at um, engaging with it. Then you have um, obviously those customers who've never switched their energy before. Collective switch sounds exciting, doesn't it? <laughs> it's, 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 I want to be a part of that. Yeah, let, let me get in. Um, so you get you know, engaging new people in it, uh, and it's absolutely fantastic. And I'd love to, um, you know take that kind of learning uh, into financial services is how we can use that kind of model uh, it's not quite the same but there's ways and means to do it uh, to engage people uh, in doing something a bit more exciting than getting their life insurance basically <laughs> tell us about an app or a gadget that makes a huge difference to your working life neil we use a lot of cloud-based tools are, are out now um, and there's one in particular called trello um, what Trello does, it allows you to kind of project manage anything. It doesn't have to be development. It could be a marketing campaign. It could be it could be a product launch. We use this internally at Money Supermarket, and we can invite people, uh, be it internal or external, depending how we're working. And it just allows you to track your work, and you can put nice little labels on them and color them and categorize them. And what's the best business book you've ever read, Neil? Tell us why you like it so much and what you took from it. Uh, Stephanie Davies, I think her name is, and, and she uh, has a, a company called Laughology. Um, now, laughology is um, it's part psychology and part comedy, and that's mm-hmm. what she's a, a comedic psychologist. Right. And uh, what's really interesting is, is that she kind of says, you know, look, have a laugh in work because if you're happy in work, you'll work better. <clears throat> so it, it's really, really interesting. In no way I'm getting any commission, but it is available in all good retail stores and all that stuff. But no, it's really, really interesting to, to read, and I love this kind of thing where. Um, I'm big into, you know, be it MPS or psychology or these kind of things. And I do truly believe if you enjoy your work and you can have a laugh in work, um, then it will make work a lot easier and a lot better. I'm sure that there are going to be people listening to the podcast today. They're going to want to get in touch with you to talk about direct and consumer, to talk about some of the issues that you've raised and some of the solutions and the innovative ways forward. So what's the best way that listeners should contact you? Um, probably LinkedIn would be a good starting point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm happy to, to accept uh, most people. Please have a picture so I know what you look like. <laughs> so that's a good way. Um, or you could email me. Uh, it's uh, neil.cross at moneysupermarket.com. Fantastic. Neil, it's been really good to talk to you today. Lots of great ideas, lots of great insights. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Let me wish you every success for the future, and I'm sure we'll catch up with each other at some time in the future. Yeah, absolutely, Roger. Thanks for the opportunity. It's been, uh, as I say, I, I do uh, do listen on my uh, commutes down to London. So I look forward to listening to myself waffle on for half an hour or so. <laughs> for listening to the marketing protection and finance podcast do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash mpaf for links to the apps and topics and books we discussed 
If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes and leave a review. If you are a provider or advisor or journalist and you have a product, campaign or business model you'd like to talk about, please get in touch. You can be the next guest on the show. And do remember, nothing we talk about on the show is financial advice of any kind. It's all just thoughts and opinions, okay?